Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Candyman, a podcast where we're not talking about the movie Candyman, where bee handler Norman Gary utilized 200,000 bees throughout the production. And we're definitely not going to talk about how Norman Gary was the bee handler on other movies like The Deadly Bees, Fry Green Tomatoes, and My Girl, which I'm still angry about. Instead, we're going to be talking about the season two finale of Sweet Tooth. I'm Alex. Everybody knows Norman Gary is the bee guy to get. Like, if you do bees, you get Gary. And Norman Gary is a very bee guy name. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. You're mad at my girl? My girl? The movie where Macaulay Culkin, spoilers, was stung to death by bees? Yeah. Very upsetting. Uh Isn't that a prequel to Candyman? Yeah. Wasn't he ended up being the Candyman? Yeah. Macaulay Culkin eventually was played by Tony Todd, and it's really messed up. Wow. Anyway, we're, we're not talking about that. I already said we're not oh, talking we're about We're not that. talking about these that. things. Instead, we are going to be talking about the season two finale, episode eight of oh, Sweet oh, Tooth, The Ballad of the Last Men. And our final candy, we're going to be wrapping up Syrup Cup 2023 here with a, a true tribute to the show. We are going to be chugging straight maple syrup from yeah. the can. This is not a joke for anybody who's listening to the audio podcast. We legitimately have maple syrup here. We're going to drink maple syrup just like Gus does. I assume it's maple syrup and not birch syrup. Well, I guess he hasn't specified this. Birch syrup. Get out of here with that. What are you? <laughs> I got that once. A whole food? I'm sorry. Yeah. Are we syrup men or are we candy men? What the F are we doing here? We can fight about this later. And the sugar content we syrup. Will. We definitely will, because I have strong thoughts about maple syrup. But why don't we talk I've, about the I've episode? i got my Ooh. syrup tasting cup. Oh, I love it. The official syrup cup. Oh, that's very nice. What do you need a cup for? To drink it's the syrup. syrup cup. Chug it you, from the <laughs> container, you fucking Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna take oh, a funnel. Comment with the language. Uh, before we get into it, spoilers, obviously, for the episode, but let's give a broad overview here. All the animal children, Amy, who is dying of the sick, Jep and Bear are all together at Gus's old cabin where he used to live with Papa, and they know that Abbott is coming, and so they're prepping for him Home Alone style to get ready for the whole Last Man Army to go there. Lots of big stuff, of course, goes down in this episode, not least of which is that Abbott kills Johnny over the course Uh, of the episode when Johnny says he wants to leave. Very rough. Bear tries to get the animal kids to safety thanks to the folks who lived on the other end of the gondola, the Andersons, I believe. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Mr. Anderson from The Matrix. Mr. Anderson. Yeah. Uh, uh, What a fun surprise to see them. Hugo Weaving is here. I can't believe it. (laughs) Anyway, they uh, take them to safety, but Wendy jumps off. That's where we get a big revelation that Wendy 
well, not they get a big revelation, but Wendy finds out that Bear is her sister. They eventually bond by the end of that. Uh, Amy ends up dying, not because of anything that Abbott does, but because just from the sick. Uh, Gus gets shot in the back with an arrow and Abbott dies. He gets trampled by, I wanted to say buffalo, but it's bison. 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 Yeah. yeah, bison. And as like we knew what was going to happen, we first met the character. We said this back in the podcast. We're like, that that's a yeah. guy who's going to get trampled by bison. He's vulnerable. To, I believe we said he's vulnerable to bison. It's his kryptonite. It turns out yeah. it's his kryptonite. And yeah. that makes a ton of sense. It's also, weirdly, this is weird, my kryptonite. Mm. Bison. Uh-huh. Not me, though. I'm impervious to bison. Anyway, the uh, last two things that we should <laughs> probably mention here. against bison, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of stuff going down with Bertie, both Singh, who we only get to check in with a little bit that we find out by the end his destiny is still very much entwined with Gus, and Gus start to have visions of Bertie up in Alaska. They figure out that's where she is, and by the end of the episode, Wendy, Bear, Jep, and Gus are all going to travel to Alaska, so presumably that's where he'd be heading into season three. Singh is yeah. also going to head there and check that out. And we get one last little stinger here of Zhang. Mrs. Zhang is chopping up some meat. Uh, they have Sig's tape, so they know where he's going as well. And they're going to track him down. She feeds what is probably some beast kids in cages. And it's a very scary way to end the season. Scary I thought maybe beat. it was just beasts. You know what I mean? I don't know if there were there was kids as well. You know, just no. Well, I mean, I guess this is a little spoiler for the book, but if I remember correctly, it is some bestial children she is keeping in the cage. So hybrid hybrid kids. Yes, exactly. That are more um, beast now than man. Yeah. So that all said, before we get into it, good to take an overview here, not just of this episode, but of the season. How did you feel about it as a whole, and how did you feel about it as compared to season one? Justin, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I thought this was a great season. Like, the season one started small and sort of expanded out. And this sort of did the opposite. It started wide. There were a lot of characters that were um, uh, spent there, went to the wind sort of at the end of the last season. And we slowly brought them together and focused back up, had a huge confrontation, and then gave them the journey forward into what we can only assume is season three. Pete, what about you? What was your take on this? Uh, I I love this season. I thought it was uh, really a lot of fun. Um, You know, this is the season of Bobby for sure. I mean, you you get you got a lot of glorious Bobby here, so it's hard not to probably a full 40 to 50 seconds of Bobby all across the board. Uh, Worth every second of it. Pretty strong. The greatest. Yeah. I mean, Shawshank Bobby, come on. Uh, um, greatest TV moment of the decade. I already called that. And yeah, you did. You still holds true. Um, but wow. I do. A week later, three days later, you're saying you're, that call is still, still sticking by it, man. Still sticking wow. by it. I did miss Will later. Forte. Um, I know his character died and we only got like a little bit of him. But man, uh, such a great dad. And um, uh, so that was the only thing that I missed from the first season. But uh, other than that, I thought it was a touching way to kind of end it all some real emotional moments overall uh just uh really well done i really like the season as well i thought it built very nicely across it like i talked about a couple of episodes back i think it took me a little while to get into the different pacing here i feel like versus the first season which felt very episodic to me mm. this was much more serialized this was much more paced for the binge i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing i think it's just a different pacing for the season, which led to the first couple of episodes 
really taking its time, sitting in the situation, yeah. sitting with the characters, and things ramped up exponentially in these last couple of episodes. I don't yeah. think that would have worked as well, necessarily, if we hadn't spent the time and really sat with everybody in the first half of the season. So I get why they went for that. I thought that was good. And like Pete said, great Bobby moments throughout. Also great moments for, I guess, some other characters. And the only thing that worries <laughs> me now is as we have our main characters are heading off to Alaska, does that mean no Bobby in season three? If so, I'm done with this show. Wow. Yeah, he's gonna hit that um sort of permafrost and just shut him right down. No, dude, <laughs> that's he's it. That's have... his Titanic. It's no, his iceberg. It, no, he's gonna have Treehouse Adventures. I mean, they're not gonna do a whole season and not, you know, at least a cut to Bobby for some. We're gonna cut film. to Bobby back at the treehouse, just oh, screwing yeah. around. Yeah, wow, that's first a hell off, of a prediction. not screwing around, delivering some amazing one-liners like only Bobby can. Bobby, I'm back. <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah, that's the one we got. Yep, we did. We'll get more. We'll yeah. get more. Oh, uh, that actually reminds me. This is uh, something that I didn't know back when we were talking about, but Maya Monkey in mm-hmm. the show. Oh, right, right. Uh, Maya Monkey is the same girl who played Megan in the movie Megan. So if you go to uh. Netflix's socials, of course, they had her in the Maya Monkey costume doing the Megan dance on set. So Wow. Genius. Wow. Blew, what a, that blows what my a mind year for her. Yeah, yeah. that's... <laughs> That's a little, that's kind of freaking me out. Oh, I'm really sorry, man. Why is it freaking you out? Yeah, why is it freaking you out? Pete's frozen. Pete is terrified. He's he's freaked out. Because now it's scarier, monkey, because before I would just see the monkey, but now I'm like, there's an evil robot underneath that monkey. Oh, (laughs) underneath. (laughs) You think it's Megan playing the role of Maya Monkey? Yeah, that's that's what that's what I'm picturing. So you're you're picturing the Megan face, and then she puts on a monkey face. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. because Pete. Just to be clear for everyone, Pete believes movies, but TV shows are fake. Movies are all real. TV's fake. (laughs) Movies are documentaries. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Why don't we jump into this fictional narrative? I'm Yay. not quite sure where we landed good, on. Good, good, good. And talk about all the stuff that went down here. Um, I mean, we we can kind of just walk through it and I think talk about I some moments. Progressing, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, first off, this opening model, I love the... Oh, yeah. What a different cool. tone. Kind of an interesting way to start the last app. I thought it was very cool. And uh, well, it had that classic voiceover kind of, but uh, the model kind of it did. really kind of shook things up. Of I was like, where are we? What is this? What is going on? Well, I like the model for two reasons. Like, and it, maybe I'm reading a lot into this, but it, it hit on two themes of the show that I really like. If one, it's like the cute little plans that we all make, and then in reality, it's messy. Uh, So, like, Abbott and his crew built this beautiful, pristine model about their utopia, and they didn't get anywhere close to achieving it. They they didn't even get off the ground. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, that and that idea, and that's what this season is about is all the plans that everyone had just got disrupted by all sorts of things. And ironically, making plans to go to Alaska at the end of the season is sort of like, we're going to make a whole other model here that is going to go in unpredictable ways. And the second theme I like to uh, hear is that it's like, Kids' toys, you know, these are like, let's make a model. It's cute. It's small. But there's so much more going on underneath. The reality of it is it's wildly complex, and there's nothing cute about this uh, the story that we're telling here. It's hugely emotional, even though it's dealing with kids um, who are just trying to live their lives. Well, let's 
move into the next thing that happens, which is Singh goes into the room that Ronnie was being held in that is filled with these yeah. deadly psychotropic, whatever you call it, flowers. Yeah. My impression of that is Singh has decided to die, right? Like yeah. he's going to go in that room and he's going to kill himself. He's going to give right. himself the sick. He's immediately going to die. Instead, he has this vision of this cave, which Gus later on has and sees Birdie there. So they're essentially seeing the same place, presumably the place they need to head to in Alaska. And ultimately that gives him a new mission that he is heading off and uh, at the end of the episode. Uh, what do you take away from this whole sequence, this whole thing that's happening with Singh here? Um, I mean, I feel like the idea that he would – because the flowers don't kill you. How has he not tested this? Because mm-hmm. I agree. It was sort of shot like he was in there like, well, I'm done. I'm going to sniff these flowers that grow everywhere, but I somehow have never tested them. All you do is test shit all day long. You didn't look at the flowers <laughs> that show up with the corpses? Come on, dude. So because uh, I, I was like, that would be sort of a, a wilder interpretation when it, if he was just like, I'm stressed. I'm going to go in this flower or this florist shop and trip balls for a little bit. It's fine. It's a good way to chill. It's a good way to chill. And ultimately, yeah. he's hot Especially on there. Especially when there's a war going on outside, you can just go into a flower room and just trip all. Well, I also, to that point, though, I thought that was a neat little bit of, I don't know, it's not blocking or staging, but just sort of geography of the scene to explain, okay, here's why Singh is dead. He is there while everybody else is fighting and killing each other outside. We get to flash back in time for the previous episode a little bit and see the animal army fighting the lost, uh, lost men, the last men. The Lost Boys fighting the last man, if you will. Ooh, interesting, yes. Yeah. Lost anyway, Boys dressed as animals, famously yeah, in Peter Pan. And so it it explains why he is still alive there at the end. He's also making great time, I gotta say, because oh, by the end of the episode, he's pulling it. up at Gus's house on his horse, horsing up to the house, if you will. Yeah, he's horsing. He's horsing around. Yeah. He's horsing around, yeah, I but I mean there's... that in the most serious way possible. He's mm-hmm. very serious, but he's truly horsing around. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's one of those things where apparently once you get right outside, they give away a free horse because his wife got a horse and she left in a horse and then he was riding on the horse. So I guess if you make it out of that, uh, you know, small little area, they're just like, hey, congrats. Here's a horse. Now, this good is probably l- a good, good luck time to dreams. bring up. And I'm sure everybody is thinking about this off the top of their heads. All three of us, as well as the listening audience. You probably want an update on our prank show. Get horsed that we talk a lot about. <laughs> Was that? Wow, that's Uh, true. Yeah, Uh, which the whole the prank (laughs) is. In case you don't remember, I'm sure you remember, but I'm going to mention it anyway. It was based on. I bump into a lot of get horsed fans, like get horsed (laughs) merch that they've made. Right. Well, we sell get horsed T-shirts and other products at comicbookclub.threadless.com, so you can check that out. But the prank, and this is very funny, is uh, so we bring somebody up behind a horse and they get kicked by a horse and usually killed. the writer's strike, uh, I, as we're taping this. <laughs> it's a wide-ranging conversation <laughs> yeah. we're having right now. Well, I, I guess I'm wondering, like, given everything that's going on in Hollywood, are we going to be able to continue with season two of Get Horse? Justin, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, yeah, let me say, um, as I'm a member of the WGA, uh, so mm-hmm. I extensively look at the as rules here, producer. and I believe Get Horse is technically an unscripted show, since uh-huh. it's just p- placing a person. It's sort of like Survivor, except it's just a person getting kicked in the head. Yeah. Uh, so like, I think we are fine. We would be working um, on a show that is not covered by a WGA contract. Yeah. It was a big part of John Wick 2 was getting horsed. <laughs> <laughs> Very true, Matt. Very true. Uh, well, anyway, thank uh, thank me 
for the update and thank you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do thank you. I, I do thank you. You know, we don't do that enough. We don't show out our thank me's. <laughs> thank me for the, thank me for being here. How about thank me for the syrup idea? Uh, Nobody's thanking you for the syrup yeah, idea. I, I did more seriously want to ask though about Ronnie because we get a quick shot of her here as Pete mentioned, also riding on a horse. Does she play into a potential season three at all? Or are we done with her at this point? I, I would say she's a good candidate to uh, go on the journey to Alaska. I think she could encounter the kids and be with them. And that's a whole thing. Mm. It would be nice to see her again, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I want to get to the of the brother stuff. I was really moved by this. Okay, we can jump over to that and talk about the Abbott stuff. Uh, so... We do get this whole plot line, like we mentioned, of Johnny. He's been feeling very conflicted, both with the animal children and with Ronnie. He let Ronnie and Singh go. He confesses that to Abbott towards the end of the episode. Uh, and Abbott doesn't let him go. Instead, Abbott and Johnny, uh, basically, he takes him with him, forces him to go with him. Yeah, but there's this moment where, though, uh, the kind of like first in charge badass lady is like, hey, Johnny, you know, let's go. And he kind of runs upstairs, he gets his guitar, he gets his backpack, and he's about to head out. And there's he's just so close to freedom. And I was so excited for this character to just kind of run away and have his own life. And then his brother's like, hey, come on, man, let's get in the helicopter. And it's just like, oh, no. Yeah, um, it was a bad. Well, and to be fair, what I liked about this is we get um, uh, Johnny Sings the Boxer, the Simon Garfunkel oh, song. Oh, my we God. Had, so, we had the same. A- it was great. It was a beautiful version. Yeah. Um, and we had the idea that earlier on we learned that they wanted to sort of be, we said, be inside of Garfunkel. <laughs> Which the third, the infamous third and fourth members. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, they wanted to be Simon and Garfunkel. And that's why I thought it was really cool that they actually, their story ended the same way that Simon and Garfunkel's did with Simon drilling Garfunkel in the back of the head with a <laughs> Before That was a really it, beautiful parallel. Let's back that's up why you see Sat Paul Simons. He's still on tour. He's making music. Mm-hmm. Garfunkel. Gone. Wow. Uh, Prove me wrong. Before we get <laughs> shot, the the part where he's uh, singing in the helicopter, and we have this montage of getting ready for the home alone kind of uh, fight. Uh, I just thought was just so well done. I mean, I get real. Uh, nervous when it's like, oh God, we're going to get a song in the middle of this TV show that I like. But man, uh, I was super moved by it. Johnny kills it. It's just such a beautiful moment. You could see why uh, his brother really, you know, likes that. And it was like, do it, do it one time, like when we were little. And you can kind of see uh, the, the power of the song. And it was just really just such a cool, cool moment to kind of turn into a montage. Unfortunate ending, but man, just such a cool uh, kind of brother moment. That's the thing about this relationship that was so weird is like if one brother being a complete asshole and the other brother kind of putting up with it, but their love and these moments that they have are so strong. Uh, it really just kind of makes it an interesting dynamic. Well, and yeah, and that's why the way it's such a – I really like the way it ended. It was so sad. But like yeah. the speech Abbott gives about how it it's only ever about winning. And I think that's mm-hmm. when Johnny realizes he's just a immoral like, you know, 
short-sighted jerk. Like, he's someone who will never be happy. He's always going to be doing something cruel so that he can get another win out of it. And when he pulls the trigger and the the gun's not loaded, of course, he would never give him a gun that was loaded because it might he would might lose. He might his he can't let his brother ever win. And then especially, like, never point a gun at a man's back, and then that's what he does to him. I thought yeah. it was just like... Uh. Just really like and we talked about how there was nuance added to the Abbott character this season. He has th- this brother and they have a, a caring relationship. There's love there. It seemed like to have him become this ultimate villain here, I thought was great. Just like a cruel, immoral villain. And then later he does takes a pot shot at Sweet Tooth and then it dies. I thought it was just a good arc for him. He big L's, all L's for him. Well, and we didn't talk about this, but another big revelation that happens here in the helicopter is Abbott and Johnny talk about how they had an abusive dad, and specifically the dad would come directly after Johnny, so Abbott killed him. And yeah. I, the way they tell that story, the way the dialogue is rolled out, I thought was so smartly and powerfully done that you can go really wrong with a oh, we were abused and that's why we are this way story. But the matter-of-fact way it was particularly presented by Abbott and then Johnny right back at him, I thought was very nicely done. Uh, Yeah, well, and you had the feeling that they, you know, haven't talked about it maybe a lot, but it's not something that was, it wasn't a revelation. It was like, they know that this happened, they talked to each other, and it was about the kill. It was about Mm -hmm. Abbott having killed his father and not about some sort of trauma, you know, exploiting a trauma for these kids. Yeah. I why don't we jump into the attack? One thing that I thought was very funny about this is they did set it up as like this fun home alone situation. Uh and then they were like, okay, we set up all these fun traps, and then they just slaughter. Like the straight up slaughter everybody. Like there's one or two times when they fall into a trap, but most of the time they're like Shot that guy through the face with an arrow. Oh, my arrow. God. That <laughs> whole, like, kind of rally, <laughs> yep. like, another one down. You know, I was like, Yeah, oh, where they're shit. counting their, their, their gets. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it was, like, the cutest AT montage, and then it was literally, like, Amy's, like, killed number eight. <laughs> Keep up, <laughs> motherfuckers. It's like, yeah. yo. <laughs> they don't even do that on A-Team. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty brutal, but still badass at the same time. To the kind of to the point though that I started to feel a little bad for the last man. Not too bad, but just in terms of like how brutally they would be taken down. Granted, also there's dude, they a wide... just killed all those animals. I know. Kids. I don't feel really bad for them, but also. Some of them were definitely taken down stormtrooper style. Like there's that one guy in the background who got hit by a bunch of rocks and was like straight up yeah. died. Yeah. It was like a tiny Return of the Jedi yeah. we saw here. Yeah. The, e- the big Ewoks. Ewok energy from the from mm-hmm. the kids. Except they didn't have a kick ass song at the end that they all sang, you know what I mean? You wanted a little Yubnub. Yeah. Oh, oh, the lobby, little Bobby little singing Yubnub. Oh, come on. Yub-nub. Surely there's a deleted scene of that. <laughs> yeah, come on. Uh the, the um what I was gonna say is uh the way that the uh I forgot what I was gonna say. But um the fight. going going back a little bit to like Tiger and Bear before mm. we get there, because I wanna get to the bear fighting. And I, I feel like now we learned about why that new lieutenant Abbott's lieutenant, the woman, was there. So Bear had someone to just wreck in right. his final yeah. scene. But the Tiger and Bear scene I thought was super comic booky and the fact that Tiger died, upsetting. Did not see it coming, uh really. I thought she was gonna be fine. But setting up Bear to be – Bear's such a badass, sort of a secret yeah. badass that we uh, – I feel like we never – I mean, well, she yeah. coasted through that whole boot camp. I mean, it wasn't that secret that she was a badass. She I, was I think just it's like, more that 
It's been a while since the first season when we know she led this animal army. And even when we met her leading the animal army, it wasn't so much like leading the army as the plot line of getting her out of the army, you know, right. and getting her into this position where she was going to go on the journey with Gus and Jeb. So, yeah, this is definitely the first time we've really seen her let loose in a fight. And it was... Very cool. It was, it was badass. Glorious. Oh, the other thing I was going to say is um, in the scene, the Johnny Abbott scene, the the last men, there's like, what, 11 of them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they were down to like the last men. Yeah. So yeah. these are like the guys who are like all, all the other soldiers were killed, whatever. These are like the latrine cleaners. These are the lower last men. These are like the bottom. Oh, really? You don't male. think it's the upper ones, like the diehards who stick yeah. by Abbott no matter what? Yeah. The, I don't know. The, the way they the shot it where – well, he was like, let him through. And they were all like, eh, and they were like the gun thing. They were all like visibly scared. And stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, these guys are hardened soldiers. They're like the last dorks at the party. Let's jump back to Bear for a second, not to keep ping-ponging all over the place, but I wanted to talk about the Bear and Wendy relationship, which comes to a big turning point here. This is another one that I thought rolled out really nicely because we got the past episode, Bear, Realizing, okay, maybe I I don't need to tell her right now, or I need to find the right time to tell her. Naturally, it happens at the wrong time in a way she doesn't want. Wendy is pissed off about it, but the way she ultimately comes around to it and understanding she needs Bear, particularly because Amy is gone, I thought was great. I, I liked how all of this rolled out as well. Did you guys feel the same way? Yeah, I really yeah. liked the way it was handled. I thought it was this tough thing of like her and I'm glad she finally we got to finally see her tell her and all that kind of stuff because it was like it, yeah, it was I was worried it was going to drag on too long, but I thought they handled it really well and I also liked the realism of Wendy kind of not immediately just being like, "Oh my god, sis." You know what I mean? Cuz it is a lot to kind of drop especially when your zoo mom dies. You know what I mean? So it's like Plus, it's nice to have um, – I guess that's why it's nice to have a secret in your necklace because it takes the edge off. You don't have to have mm-hmm. a big talk. It's just like, the, here's the necklace. Right. Yeah. I My secret necklace is actually on back order, but I got a ton of secret stuff in there. Now, you're just Jimmy jammed. Oh, my jammed God. Jammed up. is going to burst. I had to get it made custom because they were like, ooh. That's, that's why it has two secrets. chains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> A couple of other things that I'd throw out there just because I'm looking at this in my notes, but the fight between Amy and Abbott was pretty good as well. And in particular, the way they staged that scene of she's breathing it in his face and then he realizes she has the sick. Yeah. Yeah. The way that played out was so tense and so engrossing and then her just pulling out more of the sick that Gus just happened to have around and injecting with him. I thought was yeah the double injection move. Oh was my bad. god, those are big needles too. I bet yeah, they that's hurt going I was in. Like I, I don't know. Like I don't think he needed the trampling of the the bison. You know, I, I was like, I feel like he could have just you know like. I, don't know, I felt it's like Chekhov's, after it's Chekhov's bison, man. If you introduce yeah. bison in the first act, they got to show up and trample the bad guy in the third act. Hundred um, percent. You want to see both of Gabbett's pinkies gone? Get those pinky Abbott pinkies popping. Yeah, no, I wanted uh, the double I, pinks. Stop, stop, please. I no, I wanted a big man to like after, you know. He, he was shot after uh, Sweet Tooth was shot, and Big Man's like, "No, I, you know, I wanted Big Man to 
be kind of like crushing, like when doing those like head punches or something. <laughs> what? Jesus, what? what? Crush his head? Yeah, <laughs> crush his skull. You know what I mean? Like a grape or something. You wanted the moment where Gus is shot and falling unconscious, and we're supposed to think that we know he definitely isn't that Gus is dead. For to take a moment for Jeff to walk over to Abbott, yeah, and just absolutely just slowly pulse walk, right. like slowly walk, Ten and the whole time sequence. you're just like seeing his face, like get away from me, what are you doing? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, wow, yeah. I mean, the scene earlier when Jeff just like cartoonishly wrecks him, <laughs> I was like, Jesus, it was it was great. Well, but uh, there's also a nice turn there in terms of Abbott saying realizing knee. his knee was yeah. garbage and kicking him with that. I thought that oh. was. A nice move as well. The whole thing, it's hard to plan out action scenes like this that also feel character motivated at the same time. Yeah. I think they did a good job of that in this episode. His weakness, knee. Like ours is bison. The (laughs) other thing that, I thought it was funny that he was in the mud puddle. There was that fight couple episodes back where it was just there's a random mud puddle and then they fought in it and then Mm -hmm. same thing here. There's this like, there's something about mud. This show likes mud. It it makes Mm -hmm. you angry. Mud? Does it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because you're Just like, come on, on, that used to be dirt before the water got involved. Ooh, interesting. Don't Other let the water moments get involved. from the episode, I'll, uh, I'll call out a couple of lines that I wrote down. Jep, uh, Gus saying, when have I ever not listened to you? Yeah, and exactly. Jep saying, literally every time. Um, I also thought this was a really very poignant line from Amy. I'm human, Gus. It was always just a matter of time. We're talking yes. about her dying. I thought mm-hmm. that was great. Well, and I thought that touched on there's this nice montage they did after the fighting, um, after Gus got shot, where they cut to the Ganesh, the guitar, Ronnie, sort of touching on all of the parts of these characters or these objects that were the human parts of these characters. It was Johnny's guitar. He was a beautiful singer, and it just got lost because of the circumstances. Ronnie, who actually made the choice to embrace being a human rather than just, like, continued on the path. The Ganesh, there was about their relationship, the connection they had, and we saw that. Like, I thought that was a nice uh, little little way, way to touch on everything and transition us out of the sort of battle part. Good stuff. Pete, you uh, look yeah. like you want to call something else out. Yeah, yeah. The the Lion King moment where she's like, if you're ever alone, look up at the stars type of thing. You think she's going to appear um, in the stars just like in Lion King? That's right. Yeah. Stars going to be like, hey. <laughs> James Earl Jones, Jones yeah. will voice her as well. Yeah, that would be awesome. Maybe. Um, how, how gross was Abbott's beard? Pretty got, gross. It, it got was very bloody. Disgusting. It was it was dripping yeah. stuff. I was like, this guy I really liked that they let him be just disgusting at that. Well, point. but I think you needed that, right? I mean, I'm surprised that they took out the main villain here in season two, presumably assuming hoping that there's going to be a season three, but I'm surprised that they took him out instead of having him track them to uh, Alaska. Yeah, but that's why the, you got the after credits reveal of the new villain for the next season. Totally, 100%. But at the same time, I Toads think if you goals. are going to take him out, you got to do it in the biggest way possible after two seasons. If he was just Bison's trampled by Bison's pretty big, but I'm saying like the lead up to that, like Jep kicking the shit out of him, Amy taking him down with the sick, and then Gus ultimately doing the killing blow by summoning Bison with his voice. That involves all of the characters, or at least the characters that are important to that. Bear having much of a lesser relationship with Abbott. She was able to take down the lady uh, in the big lady fight earlier on. <laughs> yes. Big lady. They like, always exactly. do that in action yeah, the movies. holy shit, like, I have animal powers moment was, was, was a little crazy. Yeah. 
I also um, like the line at the end where it was like, are you ready, Sweet Tooth? He's like, I'm ready, big man. Yeah, got their their nicknames in. Um, a couple things about sort of the aftermath. I like the way they used um, Gus's book. It was written on the Alaska details. Sing shows up, sees the details. Like it all like was a nice little package that, uh, you know, doesn't Toy always package. get toit doesn't always get to be that clean i'm gonna also say that in the comics i like that they were just all on board let's go to alaska and it mm-hmm. didn't have to be a big back and forth in the comics i feel like there was a 12 issues an entire year mm-hmm. of comics where gus was like i want to go to alaska and jeff was like no 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 we're not going to alaska <laughs> it's very far away and he was like come on and then it was on and on and on this they were like let's just all agree to go to alaska and that's a great way to plan any well, sort of in the trip. comics i think it's a kind of a, a more realistic thing because you know it's like you're you guys know this your kids ask you to go to disneyland like go oh, to alaska. You're, and then yeah you're like oh finally they wear you down after years mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i so we get two visions here of Alaska, right? And uh, this cave. One is Sing carrying a bloody Gus into the cave. The other one is Gus going into the cave and seeing Birdie almost frozen to death. Yeah. Um, so what are we? What do you think we're supposed to take away from this? Are these factual visions, things that are actually happening or going to happen? Are they metaphors? They feel factual. One, yeah. I feel like once you show two different people having the same vision, it becomes r- sort of real for the, the show. Yeah, yeah. I felt like it was just a uh, kind of a possible future um, mm-hmm. that they were kind of teasing with. We'll have to see. Uh, hoping, fingers crossed, for a season three. My feeling on it is, I I think that's probably the last season. Like, I feel like the third. You, yeah, the third season. I feel like that seems like. They're heading towards an end game with the show, so I do hope they get it. Do you guys feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, once you go to Alaska, where else can you go? Mm-hmm. Northern it's very, exposure, very north. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You've been there, Alaska. Why don't? Yeah. And my life is over essentially. Um, yes. One last thing, I you really yeah. uh, Zhang Zhang really knew she really wanted that meat tiny, mm-hmm. and that's how you know she's more of a detail oriented villain than Abbott. Mm-hmm. So I think we got a real trouble brewing. Yeah, trouble. Yeah, there. Yeah, the this is definitely more badass of a villain. It feels. Oh, speaking like. of kind of using that voice, uh, James Brolin narration, pretty good this time. I, I was good with this this episode. I thought it was oh, like, yeah. some nice sum up stuff. You know what? Brolin I would love? finishes strong. Do you think there's any possibility we see James Brolin before the series wraps up? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like a talking tree. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> oh, is it sure. Alaskan gnome. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Oh, Santa mm-hmm. Claus, perhaps. Ah, yeah. See, these are all great ideas. Yeah, this is great. Why don't we move to the Syrup Cup 2023? Actually, before we do that, we got to taste the last thing. We got some maple syrup here. Now, Gus chugs maple syrup in the show, so we all got our maple syrup. Here's the thing. All maple syrup is a little bit different. So, oh, my gosh. Pete is just straight going for the maple syrup. Didn't even wait. (laughs) Pete, what? Uh, Oh, wow. Also, yeah, I just, wanted to talk about which maple mm. syrup we had first, so people know. I, I got a Whole Foods Market Organic Dark Maple Syrup Grade A. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. You want oh, the you, grade is a. that a flex? I, I, I got also a got a Grade A, yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. But see, I got mm. dark color, robust taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have here. a uh, U.S. Grade A Dark Amber mm-hmm. pure um, maple now, syrup. Uh, I'm from way upstate New York. Uh, yeah, I have wow. some relatives who make maple syrup, and I this I often have a big I, every like time I go up there for the holidays. 
I come back with a giant jug of Tyler Tree Farm uh, mm. maple syrup. Ooh, and, little um, plug. Little plug. No I mean, wonder I think you, you wanted have to, to do this. Uh, <laughs> you asshole. I think you have to be like in no, I get a very specific county. I'm not getting a taste of that syrup. Uh, it seems like you money. are. It seems like you are. But there's a lot of different types of maple syrup. There's mm-hmm. light amber. There's your darker uh, amber, which is what we have here. Uh, so, like, this is, this is just one little yeah, and just to it. clarify, and not to, like, talk down to anybody, but there's a big difference between syrup and maple syrup. Like, I feel like people yep. use them interchangeably. But one thing is just sugar, and the other one is maple sugar. So, Pete, you were very angry that we were asking uh, you to drink maple syrup. But this is pretty close to candy. This is – you it's take right there. You take the sap, you boil it down, it becomes syrup, you boil it down even more, and it becomes, eventually, if you put it into a shape or something, it becomes maple candy. We also made maple syrup. We had uh, and have maple trees around my house where I grew up, and so my dad got very enamored with tapping maple trees. Oh, yeah. So... My entire life growing up, we always used to make our own maple syrup to the point where I was like, please, please stop making maple syrup because literally everything we ate had maple syrup in it because we had jars and jars of Salbin Farms maple syrup. Look at this. No, what is happening? (laughs) That was just, we didn't sell it or anything. That was just my dad giving it away, but he would make it like a little label. I was going to say, look at this. What are the odds of two? Podcasters coming together on a show, and then the big reveal is you both have family and, businesses in Maple yeah. Syrup. And what we should also reveal that Pete's original last name is Butterworth. <laughs> uh, so wait, Pete, you tried it first. What did you think? What did you think about drinking straight maple syrup like this? I mean, it's not. I mean, let's be honest. It's not the first time I've done that. Oh, wow. Nor will it be the last. Mm. Um, yeah, I I love maple syrup. I think it's delicious. Uh, it goes great with many breakfasts. Uh, yeah, you can put that stuff on anything. I it's a uh, it's fantastic. <laughs> you know, I talked a lot about how like I don't eat a lot of sweets. I don't eat candy. <laughs> I love maple syrup. There this stuff is just liquid gold. I'd, I'd put it on almost anything. I don't eat enough of it. I don't drink enough of it. Hey, I mean, I like I've straight up. Dip fries, you know, cheeseburgers, like mm-hmm. all sorts of things. Put maple syrup like a on. whole cheeseburger and like a vat of maple syrup. <laughs> yeah, just dip it in there. Take it out with tongs, put it directly in your mouth. Um, I love maple syrup too. I don't know if I'd regularly drink it. Like taking a big swig of it, like Gus does, that, that was a lot. That was a lot of maple syrup at the same yeah, time. Yeah, but you're all you but guys very tasty. Like, don't get me wrong. It's delicious. Full candy bars and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, true. Of course. Well, yeah. but let me say, there's none of the like pancake or French toast to get in the way, and you just get the pure maple flavor here. So I think mm-hmm. having a little sip sipper on the uh, side, second, little bowl. second sip let was me better. Just a little, little bowl on it. <laughs> second sip was better. I gotta say, um, your tongue's it, ready for it. Yeah, yeah, it's, so. it's already coated. Mm. So, and I love. Yeah, I mean, when you get, like, the really good dark maple syrup and it's thick, it's not too watery. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but sometimes a nice light, uh, you know, it's got its place as well. I mm-hmm. like a light one as well. I do like, I always enjoy going to the IHOP and tasting all the flavors of syrup, but it's not the same thing. That's not the same thing, because that's not 100% pure. Yeah, exactly. I've definitely been to, like, some uh, places that are, like, known for their homemade, like, maple syrup and, like, uh, pancake houses and stuff. That man, oh, you get a like a sample thing of the maple. Mm. You can just eat that alone. It's so fun. 
Plus, you warm up the syrup a little bit before you put it on your breakfast uh, oh, treats. Yeah, yeah. That's nice, too. Excellent. Well, listen, we have now tasted everything across the season, so we've got our lineup for the Syrup Cup. I'm going to lay it out here. Yeah, 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 lay it out here. Hold on a second. Let me get a... <clears throat> All right, I'm ready. Let's go. Okay, we got Butterfinger. Mm-hmm. We got Nerds versus Warheads. I think we can kind of give Warheads a mulligan here. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Because, yeah. Okay. So we got Butterfingers, Nerds, Cadbury Cream Eggs, Peanut M&M's, Starburst, Nestle Crunch, 100 Grand... <laughs> And straight maple syrup. <laughs> what a basket of nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you thinking? What's uh, what's your favorite thing that we tried this season? Pete or Justin, you want to go first? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, God, the maple syrup is um, is definitely Don't my be pick. that guy. Don't be the guy who's always the the one we just did is always number one. I, I have constant recency bias. You yeah, know this. Yeah, you do. Uh, my favorite episode of Sweet Tooth, the one we just watched. Uh, my favorite thing, <laughs> my favorite thing that was said right now. What I'm saying right now. Thank me. <laughs> thank me. So, are you um, actually choosing maple syrup? Is that your? I'm going to choose maple syrup. But what uh, the um, 100 grand would be yeah. like was also a fave. That's right up there for me. It's yeah. right at the bottom for me. That was just too much caramel. Oh, Sorry, you're such a pansy. No. Yeah, caramel is almost maple syrup in a way, you know. I know, but it's different experiences. One is eating it at a candy bar with too much caramel. The other one is sipping maple syrup directly from the jug, the way it was meant to be done. The way Sweet Tooth does it, our hero. Uh, So of course we do it um, our his way. Man, this is tough. I'm trying to think back to what Butterfingers tasted like. What a what a sensation. But... I guess we'll have to eat them all again right now. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. All right, so I'm going 100 grand is my Ooh. top. Mm. Uh, Butterfingers, number two. Then Nerds, then Cadbury Cream Egg. Oh, then cool M- thing. <laughs> then M&M's, uh, uh-huh. then Starburst, then Maple Syrup. Because Maple Syrup is amazing. It goes great on a lot of things, but it's not a candy and has no business in this whole fucking category. <laughs> well, this, uh, this is very hard because I do really like Cadbury Cream Eggs and I do really like Butterfingers. But I got to say, of the candies that we tried, the one that I am most likely to go back to, and in fact, the one that I ate more of after we taped, was Starburst. That was the one that wow. I, that's what I went to. You're a different, see, we're all different. We've all beasts, changed. So I guess Pete and I are similar, I guess. Yeah, but I don't know. We. You know, this it's is the same thing that happened last season. Rolos. Rolos. Oh, Rolos. No, 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 Pete, no. I know you're no, eating a Rolo right no. now. You Rolos. can't sneak, not reviewing. You can't sneak can't other candies in here. That's not yeah. how it works. I'll Rolos. tell you what, though. We do need to come up with a winner for the syrup cup. And this is the same thing that happened last season. We couldn't yeah. <laughs> agree on what to choose. So I'll tell you what. Why don't we bring back showrunner Jim Bickle of Sweet right. on the next episode. We'll talk to Let's him about the show. We'll it. interview him about the whole season. And we'll <laughs> make him choose which candy. I'm very and we can eat Rolos while we to. talk to him. Absolutely. That's the way uh, everybody does it. Diane Sawyer, always popping Rolos yeah, in the big. middle of her interviews. Oh, yeah. Frost Nixon, Rolos, Rolo rappers all over the floor when that was done. Yeah. So there you go. As 
cleverly hinted here, we are going to have one more episode with Jim Mickle, and we will make him choose a candy once again. So very excited to talk to him about the whole show. In the meantime, if you would like to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Sweet Tooth. Yeah. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok and Instagram, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, the Candyman can get horsed. I finished the whole <laughs> bottle of maple syrup. Uh, am I going to be okay? Oh, yeah, you will. <laughs> <laughs>